Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here today on the HHC as we continue our player profile series looking at the most recent campaign for the Charlotte Hornets. Today, we're going to focus in on P.J. Washington, starting power forward slash center for Charlotte. And to help me break him down, we've got the Hornets director of player programs, Matt Carroll, back with us again on the HHC. Matt, PJ was a very interesting player to watch in his sophomore season. Had to take on a new role as a small ball center at times. A lot of highlights for him. Shot the ball extremely well from three, particularly for his position overall, but certainly came with some ups and downs. And he was one of the better defensive players in the NBA when it comes to block shots. Top 20 really throughout the season in that category. How would you evaluate the play of P.J. Washington? I thought P.J. Washington was a big piece of this Hornets team this season and had some fantastic games. I mean, he had some games that he put together when he was catching and making his threes, scoring all over the court in the post, the mid-range, rebounding, blocking shots. I mean, he really had some, some games and moments this season that I think opened a lot of eyes, not just in Charlotte, but across the NBA. He was someone who got a lot of attention from fans on different you know social media message boards for kind of the up and down nature of his season there's no question he had some monster games that 40 plus point performance in particular against Sacramento stands out but he had quite a few games where you know he'd have some tough shooting days and that seemed to be harped on by some fans I thought unfairly what did you think from him from a consistency standpoint did he show you enough or was it the normal ups and downs that any young player is just going to have 
I think he definitely showed enough. And the reason being, I know from experience, you know, to make threes in the NBA consistently hits hard. You know, there's not there's not a ton of 40% three-point shooters, and that's kind of like the golden standard. But you know what? P.J., to me, has the ability and the talent to do that. But it takes time. It takes effort. It takes hard work. It takes off-seasons and rep after rep, thousands of shots. So I think he's shown that he has the ability now it's how does he refine it? How does he really work on his craft? How does he just improve a little bit every off season? And I think PJ really has tremendous, tremendous talent. So I think it can happen. It's going to be a matter of does he want it to happen? Is he willing to put the, the hard work and sacrifice what it takes to be an elite level shooter in the NBA? But I think the talent is definitely there. For me, the, the signature game that stands out was the 42-point performance he had in Sacramento really early in that one. That came to not look good. The Hornets needed some help from the Kings down the stretch to miss quite a few free throws, and then Malik Monk ended up playing the hero in the end, although that last play, there was an option for P.J. Washington, and LaMelo Ball just made a different call, but P.J. was a very good distraction on that last play because he helped the C's part for Malik Monk to get downhill and get that winning and one. Out to Monk. Monk to P.J. Washington. Steps to his left, fires the three straight away, splashes it through P.J. Washington, drilling another Lowe's three-point shot. It's a career-high 42 for P.J., and it's a one-point game. For me specifically, I thought P.J. Washington, that game really showed just how good he can be. It is difficult to score 40 points in an NBA game, even amongst these elite players. You know, scoring 20 in a game, I think really just about anyone in the NBA, if given the shot volume, could do that. 40 points? I don't think so. you you got to be special. So P.J. showed just how special he can be. What moment or game stands out to you, Matt, from P.J. Washington this past season? You know, I don't mean to be a copycat, but I think that game, anytime you score over 40 points, is very telling. You know, you can't score 40 plus points in an NBA game unless you're special, unless you're different. So I'd say that's probably the highlight for me. But PJ had a lot of moments, I'd say. You know, I think the one thing that stuck out in my mind all season was PJ could get hot. He was a, a player that all of a sudden he'll catch and shoot, make a three. They don't get a dunk, they don't get a post play, and then another three, and boom, he's got 10 points in a matter of minutes and a couple possessions. So that's exciting. But you can go from 20 to 30 to 40 points in just you know a, a pretty quick time. So I'd love to see P.J. take the next step. You know, I'd love to see him, as time goes on, be that player that could be a 20-point scorer a night that can rebound and be a shot blocker and guard multiple positions. So I think he has it. I think he had a ton of moments this year, but I think the 40-point game to me was was very special. Well, we're going to find out what P.J. thought was his best moment from this past season. P.J. joins us next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Sam Farber here with you today on the HHC, where we are profiling P.J. Washington. And now let's hear from the man himself, Hornets second year forward slash center, P.J. Washington. P.J., thank you so much for the time. No problem. Thank you. P.J., quite the season for you on and off the court. I'm sure it's one you're never going to forget. I know it's just come to a close, but when you think back years from now about your sophomore season in the NBA, what's going to stand out the most? 
Uh, I think for me, um, obviously having my son and uh, obviously the, the work I put in and uh, just how much I've grown this season. I feel like I grew in pretty much every area, just having to do, play different roles, be different positions, and uh, just be versatile each and every night. So I think for my team, I did the best I can, and I'm excited to do uh, that as well next year. If you had to boil everything down into one signature moment for the season, what's that favorite moment you had from the 2020-2021 Hornets campaign? I think for me, obviously, my favorite moment is uh, the game in Sacramento uh, when I had my career night. But uh, I feel like that was one of our best games, uh, obviously being down eight with a minute to go and then coming back and winning. So I think it just showed uh, how much talent we have in here in Charlotte. And I'm making everyone on the team do this. Favorite moment that you didn't personally have for this team? The best moment that was not a necessarily P.J. Washington moment, but another one of your teammates or a overall team moment? Ooh, that's a great one, I would say there's so many of them. Probably uh, in Miami, I got hurt. And uh, Malik, that uh, was Malik's career night. I think he has 36. I don't remember how many threes he hit, but uh, yeah, he pretty much willed us to victory. I was in the back uh, just looking at the score and just praying we would win. So um, yeah, I mean, I was, that was definitely my favorite moment. It has been a unique season with COVID-19, and hats off to you and your teammates for dealing with all the protocols. I know you know no, none of you have ever complained. You all know that you're compensated exactly to, to go through all this, but that doesn't mean it's been easy. All the stuff we're hoping will go away and we'll have a normal season next year. What's one aspect of this season that you know maybe the NBA was innovative, found something that worked, that you wouldn't mind sticking around in the future in non-pandemic times? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I think uh, they facilitated the fans to come in at a great time for us here in Charlotte. Uh, we definitely needed them throughout the season, but uh, just to have them at any capacity during the season was pretty good. We really uh, love their support, and uh, just being there cheering us on is, is really big, and uh, just having them here was great for us. What's the one thing about pandemic protocols that you are going to be glad to be rid of? Um, all the testing, especially getting tested every morning and every night. It's definitely draining, and uh, I'm just glad it's over. We saw a big jump for you year one to year two. Offensively, shooting percentages going way up. You mentioned your career high. Defensively, top 15 in the NBA in blocks. What should we expect the jump to be for you year two to year three when you arrive back for fall camp? How do you think you're going to be better? I want to be better in every aspect. Um, I don't just don't want to be better in one. I feel like I can be better offensively and defensively. So for me, um, I feel like uh, it's, the ceiling's high, and uh, I'm excited to go out there and show what I can do. PJ, we appreciate your time so much this season. Your, your job's just beginning because now you're full-time dad duty. You don't have road trips to get in the way, but it's the best job in the world. Congratulations for a great season and on the addition to your family. Thank you so much. Back with more in a moment here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Sam Farber and Matt Carroll back with you here on the HHC. We're talking about P.J. Washington starting power forward slash center for the Hornets. Matt, director of player programs, of course, for the Charlotte Hornets. And Matt, I don't know if it's just me missing my kids so much that I kept harping or or bringing back to P.J. becoming a father. But clearly something he pointed out is uh, something he'll always remember. In a season that had so many implications from COVID-19 or things put upon the players in terms of more tests, it's important to, to realize life goes on, and we had a lot of players. Malik Monk comes most notably to mind who had to deal with a lot of the difficulties and the hardships personally from 
having COVID affect him as well as his family. And then even with all that going on, adding in a child, I know you as a father uh, have to appreciate all that PJ was going through, uh, missing a game late in the season there because he was going home to witness the birth of his first child. Uh, It's a special thing that you never forget. No, it's such a big moment. And like you said, that's bigger than basketball. And to see kind of the joy in his face, becoming a father. And I think when you get on the court, you just have, you have extra motivation. You're playing for more than just yourself. You know, he has a son now. And, and just the thought of coming back from games and practices, you know, the ups and downs, the roller coaster of an NBA season, uh, I think that's only going to make him better. And that'll, that'll give him strength. He'll lean on it. But really happy for him, you know, personally. And to kind of just see him grow as a young man was great to see this season. And I think we learned that sleep deprivation from, you know, having those midnight feedings did not affect P.J. Washington that poorly because he came right back after the birth of his child, had a 24-point game, a 23-point game, and then back-to-back double-doubles. Well, I agree. And so my question with that is, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he was getting up doing much of the feeding, I guess, <laughs> during those nights. So he might be doing a little more than you and I were lucky to have back in those days, you know. We might have to investigate. We might have to. That's next conversation with P.J. Washington. <laughs> in terms of next season for P.J., the team has already picked up his option for his third season. No shock there. I think really a, a tribute to Mitch Kupchak is his ability to find really key players anywhere in the draft. And he's done this for a long time. He did it with the Lakers as well. Jordan Clarkson won uh, sixth man of the year. That was one of his selections with L.A. Julius Randle, of course. There's no question how good Mitch is at what he does. I think sometimes people think too often about the lottery as, well, this has to be a all-star, a superstar. And P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges, for that matter, could certainly end up in that status. But to be a starting NBA player, those are not easy to find, whether you're picking first, second, or third, or closer to the teens, as was the case with those two picks. So, you know, really great finds. But touched on it earlier, I think the question moving forward for P.J. is consistency. Can he spread out those games where he goes, you know, one for eight, one for nine from three? Not saying they're never going to happen. They're, they're going to happen to everyone. But we saw month to month his three-point shooting would fluctuate. He'd shoot close to 50% in February, and then he'd drop down to 33% in May. That fluctuation was there. What do you see needed from P.J. to have a, a maybe a little bit more of an even line and shoot that really good percentage over the course of the entire season but not have as many maybe peaks and valleys? Well, I'd have to say consistency is key. And if he can be more consistent on his production each and every night, that'll determine whether he's going to be a starter or not. Because if you're a starter in the NBA, you have to give it and you got to be that same guy every single game and every night. Coming off the bench, it's going to fluctuate, right? Your minutes change from game to game depending on the flow and how it's going. But as a starter, you got to give it and do the same thing every night and be consistent. So I think P.J. definitely has the ability and the talent to be a starter. Now it's a matter of can he figure it out. And maybe it's obviously improving, but also it, maybe it's about just deciding, like, my shot selection. What kind of shots am I taking? Why am I missing some shots some game and making some the other game? Is it just defense? Is it just situational? Or can I, you know, sharpen up and tighten up certain little things 
to be more consistent. I think the other question for P.J. moving forward, and this isn't necessarily one that he has to answer, but more the team has to get a grasp on, is what position exactly is P.J. going to be? He was a a small ball five for good portions of this previous season, sometimes out of necessity due to injuries to Cody Zeller, but a lot of times just that was the route they elected to go. I think it's interesting when you look at the best five-player lineups based off net ratings for the Hornets when the team played this group together 75 minutes or more the best unit had P.J. Washington at center. It was a group of Martin, Graham, Bridges, Rogier, and P.J. Washington combined net rating of 21.4. So we certainly saw how good they can be with him at the five. Another one to throw out there, though, for you, the only other grouping that was in the plus side for a, a group that had 75 minutes or more on the floor together had P.J. Washington, but it was him at the four. It was Hayward, Zeller, Rogier, LaMelo Ball, and P.J. Washington. So I'll put the question to you as the expert, Matt. Where do you see P.J. Washington playing more of a significant role? He might fluctuate between the two given the circumstances, but do you think he is a four or a five in today's NBA? If I had to pick one, I'd say P.J. Washington is a four in today's NBA. And I think he will be more valuable at the four based on his size. You know, I don't think he really has the the size and length to be a consistent starting five in the NBA. But he does have what it takes to be a four. And I think a lot of that will be determined by his shooting. Can he really continue to improve his shooting? But I think he has all the other, you know, tools to be a, a good four in this league. And the five, I just feel like he has the ability to play some five. And as you mentioned, the Hornets had success, but I don't think that's the long-term recipe for success for this team. You know, we talked about having a, a big shot blocker, a rim presence. P.J. can block shots. He can do it at times. But through the course of a 82-game season, I think that's a lot to ask from somebody in P.J. So I'd say he's, he's got to be a four. That's where I would put him. And I'd love to see that happen for him. One other wrinkle to throw in that that net rating thing sometimes can be deceiving. It's kind of like uh, in in baseball. A lot of people are obsessed with a pitcher's ERA and say, "Oh, wins and losses is an outdated topic." And I I always thought that was a weird way to think of it because the point is to win. So why wouldn't you want to look at that? <laughs> so right. net rating that grouping that PJ was a part of as the five, where the net rating was twenty one point four you know, really head and shoulders above the other one where it was a seven. Well, you look at the team records, they were three games below 500 in the one where he was the five, and they were two games above 500, the one he was a four. And I think just defensively, he was top 15 in the NBA this past season blocking shots. But from my uneducated compared to you perspective, I thought most of his blocks and his best blocks games came when he was able to help roll off and cover up anyone who got past you know another defender towards the hoop rather than him going one-on-one with a, a Jokic or an Embiid or another center on the other side and being able to get the upper hand on a bigger man. Yeah, and I think when you're a little bit undersized, I think a lot of it has to do with just his ability to anticipate on defense. And he's got great anticipation, good timing. And I think, yeah, I agree. That's what you saw from P.J. by getting those situations. Well, he will certainly be a big part of the future for the Hornets, and the future next season might be in the postseason. We're certainly hoping it will be. But, Matt, we appreciate you coming on here on the Hornets Hivecast and helping us break down P.J. Washington, the season that was, and the season we hope will be next year. 
Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Sam. And our thanks to all of you for tuning in to this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We will have many more player additions left to bring you as we continue to wrap up last Hornet season and take a glimpse into the future. We're into these players now who are under contract uh, quite a bit longer, so uh, we'll take a, a longer lens view of Hornets basketball moving forward. Till next time, for Matt Carroll and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.